Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you for tuning in. And today I have the fabulous Jude Daunt, who I've had the pleasure of knowing for many years now. And uh, I will pass over to her to introduce herself because she could do it far more eloquently than myself. (laughs) So welcome, Jude, to the podcast. Please do take the centre stage and introduce yourself to our fabulous listeners. I am Jude Daunt, founder of the Unbreakable Mindset Method. Yeah, I've known Sarah for eight years because we did our coaching uh, diploma together all that time ago. Can you believe it, Jude, all those years? (laughs) It's like, oh my word. It's sat behind me. No, but the little certification, it's sat behind me. We sort of kept in touch generally because we have a little group of ourselves, don't we, that uh, meet on a regular basis and sort of support and encourage and uh, supervise each other, if you like, and uh, help our sort of coaching processes. But uh, you work predominantly with uh, people with anxieties, don't you, Jude? Isn't that sort of the main area that you work in? Are you all right for me to tell my story? Absolutely. You fire away because it's, it's how we can inspire and bring happiness to other people by sort of that story that resonates, which is just brilliant. So, yes, please do, Jude. Do share your story. It'd be great. Yeah. So I had my first experience of coaching when I was 23. So I had struggled a lot with depression. Um, from the age of undiagnosed at 11 diagnosed at 15 from then um, spent a lot of time on antidepressants came out of it briefly there was a little glimmer of hope when I met my first love and we got engaged Um, unfortunately he was struggling with his mental health so he um, committed suicide and so so there was a ton of a ton of therapy at a young age, ton of therapy. So whether it was for depression, whether it was for bereavement, and then subsequently depression again, nothing worked is what I would say at that point. I felt like I was broken. That's the best way to describe. I felt like I was broken. I felt like I would always be trapped by it at some point. I felt like at some point through the year, those dark clouds would come and I'd be sat under them struggling. Mm And it all kind of came to a head when I got a job um, when I was 22, um, which was quite a, for my age, it was quite a high profile job. I had five people in a team. I had a company car. Um, I had half the country that I covered from Scotland down to Birmingham. I had Ireland as well. Oh, wow. And the expectation it was on me because of the fact it was you know it was a good job back then you know it was definitely one of one of the first of my friends to you know have a mortgage at that age and to have a company car and to have a decent salary but that did not fit with the story that I told myself the story I told myself was that I wasn't good enough that I'd never amount to much that I would always struggle that I wasn't smart enough even though I'd got this job you know obviously we know it's you know, it, it's classified as imposter syndrome now. Yes. Um, yeah. Back then, I just was fearful, painfully fearful that I would get up in the morning and have to drive somewhere. Like, I don't know, Peterborough saying I'd have to do three and a half hour drive. And for those three and a half hours, I'd just be thinking of all the ways in which I may not be able to do my job when I get there and that they would somehow find out that I couldn't do my job. So this then manifested itself as an eating disorder so depression in my family was like 
common. It's just like a cold, like you were going to get it, you were going to go on antidepressants, wasn't a big deal. But this eating disorder wasn't. This wasn't anything that had happened in our family. You know, I was literally out of control. I would consume food and make myself sick. And then I would starve myself for like a day. And then I would be thinking, it was just, it was almost what I call now with my clients, transferred anxiety. Mm-hmm. My anxiety went from not feeling good enough to now, oh my God, I am fully focused on food. I can't go to bed without thinking about food. I can't get up without thinking about food. I'm yep. obsessed with it. I can't stop thinking about that thing that's in the cupboard that I'm just going to go and gobble up. It was kind of constant. At that point, I knew I was out of control and I needed something else. So luckily, I was um, very honest with friends to say that, you know what, I'm struggling, guys, Brilliant. I'm struggling. And yep. somebody said, oh, such and such a senior life coach, why don't you? So I thought, right, okay, do you know what, I'll give it a shot. From then on, what I would say was my journey out yep. of depression mm-hmm. came organically, I think is the best word, because my expectation from, that, from those mm-hmm. coaching sessions was not that I would ever be able to get rid of depression. I didn't think that was possible. My expectation was that, do you know what, I just want to feel like I can do my job, but also that I don't have this like full focus on food. That was my big thing. So slowly but surely, so I went through those coaching sessions, I started to gain back a little bit of control. And what anxiety does for us is makes us feel out of control. So that teeny tiny bit of control I got back, I started to then put in things in place that were my coping mechanisms that organically came to me that I realized if I was doing X, Y, and Z, I was having a good week. If I didn't do it, it was a bad week. So I started to become way more self-aware than I'd ever been about myself. So instead of, and I think this is really key for anyone listening, when you get that label of anxiety and depression, that sticks. It doesn't feel like you can peel it off. So you're there stuck in that going, oh my God, it's my anxiety. I don't feel like I can do this. No, no, no. The anxiety is still an outcome of what's going on. Everything is circumstantial, right? So there are circumstances that will add up to you feeling like crap, basically. And whether that's (laughs) anxious, whether that's anxiety that then doesn't get treated so it leads to depression... There is something that if you were, you know, our good friend Liz Abraham talks about it, you just keep pulling. You keep pulling till you get to the end of that little thread and you'll figure it out. That's something I'm really passionate about. From a coaching point of view, was doing that detective work to figure out is what are the things that cause your triggers? What are the coping mechanisms you need? And that's in a roundup nutshell of my unbreakable mindset method, that is it. And that is the thing that I worked on, on myself for about 10 years. And I remember kind of waking up one day and going, oh my God, I've not been depressed for 10 years. Like that, it just wasn't my expectation. I didn't think that I could solve my depression with coaching. And what I realized was, is that actually all of the tools that I used on a daily basis were the things that helped me. And then I was sat babysitting my friend's children while they went out on New Year's Eve. And that was the night that I made the decision to become a coach. I thought, you know what? I want change. I want to be able to give somebody the tools that I've had. 
there was also the the practical aspect of it is that I'd had a plan my daughter was four at the time and I'd had a plan that by the time she started secondary school I would be coaching full-time because secondary school is uh, you know as the full circle goes secondary school was where my anxiety started my depression started I thought I cannot be working away doing my current job if even there's a slightest chance that that my daughter may struggle like I did I want to be there I want to be by her side throughout all of this she was four then that year I started my coaching diploma so I've made the decision in January and started it in the February and completed it by the January the next year I think so then I was ready to go and then we scroll forward to my daughter starting secondary school and then after doing the coaching for four years part-time I think four or five years part-time I then went full-time so I actually manifested my outcome I actually put in place things to get my outcome and I became full-time doing it yeah and that's the key isn't it it's having that setting that intention and you've you know as you've so beautifully demonstrated you've done all of that inner work and it's that moment of recognition and knowing what it is and it's because we aren't our behaviour we can change that behaviour at any time but it's recognising like you've said the triggers and going in and looking and what you can put into place instead and I think that's amazing that after 10 years you went oh I've not been depressed that's absolutely incredible and you've brought that about the changes that then you've yeah setting that intention because you want to make something happen and once you set that intention it will then manifest and it's looking for those opportunities and the journey I have to say that you go on with the qualification that we did as a coach is so powerful in its own right because of what you learn about yourself. It's not a coaching qualification that we've bought off the internet or anything like that. This will make you laugh, Jude. I'm sure I probably alluded to this story before, but I sort of just signed up to it. (laughs) At a moment of clarity one day and not having even thought about coaching previously, I just signed up to it on the back of some cranial work with shamanic drumming at a mind-body-spirit event and suddenly went, oh, I'm going to be a coach because I wanted to get away from recruitment. Who knew that I'd stay in recruitment as well as being a coach? However, having done it, there was this sort of realisation once I was all these manuals and all these books were presented and I'm sure you'll remember this as well okay holy moly what's all this lot I mean I'd never done a degree before and it wasn't until I completed the course in sort of the same sort of time that I realized it was a level five qualification which is the equivalent to two years of a degree course which I'd done whilst working full-time as a as a sort of kind of a single mum as well we're going ah right <laughs> okay <laughs> It's amazing what you can do. The irony is, is that when I did the coaching qualification, and, and I do a lot of timeline work with my clients, so what I do is there's a timeline, anything that goes on the top of the timeline in chronological order is positive, anything on the bottom is negative, so you can really see the patterns and the and the, t- the turns and things and, and anything that's kind of coming up again and again. And what you can see really clearly on my timeline is, is that when I hit, and I'm going to say it was for a week, right I had a week's worth of depression like full on I am sobbing crying on the kitchen floor was when I started the coaching diploma if you were then to pull apart my time and you go oh well that marries with being at school so anything and I know this now is one of my triggers anything that requires learning or stepping outside my comfort zone which is so common for people really common for people but for me 
if there's a fear I can't do it, it connects with I'm not good enough and we've all got muscle memory. So it doesn't matter how much I work on that, it's going to ping us back to it. And I remember sat, I remember um, that there's there's one module that you get to the end of and, uh, and Louise says, oh, congratulations, you have got through, I don't know, it's all the learning stuff, isn't it, before you then go into the practical side of the coaching. And I remember shutting my laptop and I cried my heart out for a good half hour because I thought, I don't oh, know anything, I don't know anything. And I thought, oh my God, it's coming back. What's the irony here that I did this because I don't have depression and now it's coming back. And actually, it was all it was, was that's clearly one of my triggers, okay? So I now know that. I got asked to do... Um, something for MTV and I remember going to but this was only this year so it was just um when things were still closed and around them okay yeah so I remember you talking down. about it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it came out in August but it's recorded this year I remember getting a, an email for it so I hadn't gone looking for it and I got an email from, from a, a producer to say oh they were looking for somebody to coach one of the girls in um in one of their programs oh and you can like, mention oh. the program do you oh it's it's jody orgies which is what it was and i thought oh i don't do i want to do it do it do it and then i like come to know my friend was like you better do it because if there's another coach on there you'll be <laughs> kicking yourself and i was like oh she's right so anyway so i said yes and then that night <gasps> i could feel my chest tighten but this is the key in that moment, I was lying in bed at night and I knew um, that the, the producer had emailed back and said, oh, brilliant, we'll get you on a Zoom call tomorrow and we'll just test it out, see how you are on camera. Like, obviously seeing if I was, like, any good and whether I could talk properly. And um, <laughs> so I, I lay in bed that night and all of a sudden that anxiety washed over me of going, what happens if I come across like an idiot? People are going to see this on TV. What happens if I don't know what I'm talking about? That voice that was there when I was 22 starting in that job that voice that was there prior to that at school when I started school in year seven going you're not going to be able to do this look you're already in Nelly the bottom set and you can't even do the work that voice came back again it's always going to come back because you've got muscle memories and it's acknowledging that you're connecting with a, 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 a thought that doesn't have to be yours okay yeah those of you who've done yoga before you'll know that when you first start you're horrific after you've been doing consistently for, I don't know, eight weeks, you're a bit better. You could probably do a downward dog. If you stop for two months, the likelihood is you're going to be exactly back to where you started because your muscles mm-hmm. got memory that it takes you back to that. Your mind memory has already got those muscles that it'll take you back to a place that was uncomfortable. Your original thought process, the, the, the beliefs that you formed when you're seven and you, you then, you know, keep building on. So... That was what was happening in that moment. And I could feel it because my chest tightened. Your body is amazing because it gives you clues. It gives you physical symptoms so that you can check in and go, what's going on? So at that moment, I could feel my chest was tight. Then I could hear myself going, what happens if? What happens if you look like an idiot? What happens if, you know, you, you don't sound like an expert? And then I thought, right, okay. What do I want the outcome to be? Right, well, I want the outcome to be that a, I come across well, and B, I come across like I know what I'm talking about. Okay, so therefore, what do I need to do to be able to get that outcome? As soon as I get to the office in the morning, I need to prepare for that call properly because my go-to 
style, which was always to like <laughs> do everything last minute, cram it the last minute, <laughs> wing it, hope for the best. Okay, that doesn't work in business, right? You've really got to pre- prepare. So mm-hmm. I prepared questions that I needed to find out from them. I prepared a little bit about what I knew based on what they told me about what was going to be expected of us. And I just did as much prep as I could based on what they'd given me. You go into it with a different energy. I felt back in control because remember anxiety wants to make you lose control. So I'd gained back some of my control. Now I smashed that Zoom call. I was so proud of myself. Like I came off that call, (laughs) like telling them what they needed to do for this show and how it should be perpetrated. If you're enjoying the Harnessing Happiness podcast, there are plenty of free resources available for download at sarahjnaylor.com, where you can also find out more about her ape mindset. It's all about acceptance, perspective, and energy. Just visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's the key thing. It's about going, do you know what? This thought doesn't serve me. First of all, connecting with your energy. What is going on? Are you in a good energetic state? Are you feeling like you're a little bit anxious? Have you got any um, physical symptoms? Then go deep in what's connecting. What is the thought that's stressing you out right now? What's the stressful, anxious thought? Then ask yourself, what is the outcome you want to be? And how do you need to get to that outcome? Now, if I give a really good example of when you can't do that, would be, say if your stressful, anxious thought was, oh my God, is he going to text us back? You know, when you're dating and, oh my God, is he going to text us back? You have no control of that. You can't prepare for that. Like I appreciate in that scenario, it wouldn't work. You can't prepare. (laughs) You have to let go of expectation of the outcome. You have to. You've got to let go. But what you then have to do is go, okay, well, who would I be without that anxious, stressful thought? What would I be doing now? And then you become the person you would be if you didn't have that anxious, stressful thought. So if you are normally somebody on an E, and who I don't know does a yoga chats to her mates watches something on Netflix go to bed that is what you need to do not worry and stress anxiously over something you have no control over um so yes two really good examples of how you can use that tool oh thanks so much for sharing that Jude that's just amazing because it is it's about as you said identifying it and and reframing how you're feeling and working out what it is and putting into place replicating how you would feel in a normal scenario without that sort of stress and anxiety and as you say if you do all that prep as well so you've you've covered all bases and you can do that future pacing as well can't you so you can actually see yourself already doing it having done it so you know what it is that you want to conduct and actually at the end of the day it's also being about being yourself isn't it it's just that acceptance of who you are and just you know that you are good at what you do and it's believing in yourself and valuing yourself so what does make you happy then Jude I mean now I mean you've been on what such an incredible journey to have gone through all of that with all that kind of learnt behavior as well from your family background to having sort of embraced it gone through it and had still some tragedies in your life to then come out that other side what makes you happy what makes you a happy person um do you know what it is all the mindset work that I've done and when my clients start with me I will always say to them on a scale of one to ten tell me where you're at so ten is like super happy but if ten is saved for when you get a new car or it's Christmas or you just get married that's like a ten okay so really you should be sat at an eight or a nine consistently because or else what is the point in life mm-hmm. if you're not happy every day? That is my motto. Like, you should be happy every single day. Absolutely. So, therefore, if I feel like I'm a seven, 
I do that check-in work. I do the detective work. What is going on? Now, that is the difference between me opening the office, and I'm always the first one here. <laughs> um, so my <laughs> office, the building's got loads of different businesses in it, but there's only me that's here from half seven. Um, so I open the main doors and then I come upstairs to my office, open the door, and it's that physical turning of the key and noticing my energy. Like, am I excited? And this is not conscious, by the way, this is subconscious. Like, just acknowledge, like, if I'm having a good day, I don't need to check in with it, but if I feel like, oh, like then that's that's not how I want to feel walking into work I never want to feel that way and that's the most I ever get to I don't get further than that if I do I do check in so could literally be because I don't know (laughs) I've got to write some copy for my website and that is the thing that kind of takes me out of my comfort zone that would be that the things that make me happy is just it's every day for me it's more about checking in with the things that make me unhappy and problem solving them because actually I know the things that make me happy are work like you know being passionate doing my work um having routine structure oh my god that is such a key thing for me if I don't have routine and structure I'm not very good at all so like holidays like I'm probably less happy on holiday than I am on a normal working week. I need to let go of the control on holiday, which I do, but I am in a much happier place when I've got structure, when I've got things like, ooh, creative things. Because, you know, my old job was was creative. So to be able to bring that into the coaching world means I'm always developing. I'm always coming up with a new tool and technique. I'm always, like, in that creative design space and again I need a little bit of that so therefore again a problem solved what does that look like okay well maybe I just don't have clients on a Monday and Mondays are my creative planning days and my business days and my getting structure days oh I think I need a bit of Jude in my life I'm (laughs) (laughs) I think we in that respect Jude we are so polar opposites I my days and my weeks and everything there's a there's a thread of structure that goes through it the things that I have to do from like invoicing and payments and things like that going in and out of my bank and all the time you've known me I've always got lots of different things that I'm doing it's just me I think for me I spent 20 years of my life with with my ex-husband supporting him in his business and just keeping myself small if you like and my life looks nothing like the life I had my life now looks looks absolutely nothing like the life I had because when I actually left that relationship as I say after 20 years I had no social life I had no fr- I had no friends and I say that in there were people that I knew but they they'd moved to France they'd gone traveling to India but I hadn't got an independent social life of my own and I hadn't been out for six years um, post having my son so I had to really sort of start again and I think in starting again and embracing and creating a life for myself you know I value every single moment and I try and cram as much into my life as I did because I recognized that I didn't I, I was always busy we always did things we we bought and did up houses and one thing or another but personal development wise and the stuff that I'm passionate about in fact he actually made a note of saying to me <laughs> about 18 months after we'd uh, divorced you've become the person you would have been if it hadn't been for me and went 
because that wasn't actually meant as a compliment at all but it was very very true you know I'd embraced myself and I continue to do that and I you know I just love life and so yes I end up going oh yeah I want to do that and I want to do this and this is really me but I follow my instinct and my intuition and you know I, I would like to put a bit more structure in <laughs> but it just doesn't work that's the beauty of us all though isn't it we're all different we're all unique and it's about embracing that stuff and taking the bits and elements from the learning that we can we can embrace which we've both been you know doing a lot more learning just lately and personal development in other areas you know you can take the bits that you need but you don't need to replicate it exactly because it's one size doesn't fit all it really doesn't thank you so much for sharing your journey and what makes you happy i don't know if there's anything else you'd like to say as we sort of bring this to a close dude because it's been absolutely fabulous and it's been such a long time since we've had this chance to talk so much as well so it's been a real a real honor thank you for sharing your time with me and with the listeners as well yeah one last tool i could probably give would be and and you've heard us say this throughout this podcast is to problem solve so if something's not working there will always be another way of doing something if it's not working then problem solve it um or like you know like imposter syndrome you know i've just been on a call with somebody talking about that and you know imposter syndrome actually is is relatively easy to fix um because Mm -hmm. it's you not feeling good enough at your job so therefore to problem solve that you need to look at right well where are your strengths be really honest with yourself where are your strengths and then start looking at your development areas and actively work on them you know don't hide in the corner going well let's just hope it goes away even though I don't know how to do that bit like (laughs) actively work on your development areas but that you know that's just one little example problem solving in your life you know if you're feeling overwhelmed right take stock step back and go right what are the things that make me feel overwhelmed what can I leave out what can I continue doing what can I stop doing you know that stop start continue figure out why you are unhappy and problem solve it absolutely that solution focused outcome thinking gotta love it it's it is it's brilliant it's beautiful yay brilliant thank you again so much Judy it's just been great it's brilliant I'm sure everybody's got something absolutely fabulous from this uh, podcast so I'm going to say goodbye to Jude now and thank you all for listening and uh, this has been uh, Sarah J Naylor with the fabulous Jude Daunt and please do rate and review because uh, the more that we can share these podcasts and spread happiness and bring about that ripple in the water of happiness globally the better so anyway thank you so much for listening take care and all the very best Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.